time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here for another podcast. It's Monday, June 7th, 2021. We give the date for those that are listening on a downloaded basis. You can stay up to date on all that's going on. Man, we got some people dialing in today. The old-fashioned style using the phone. Well, I got to tell you, I'm so excited. I don't know about your area, but we're getting some serious amount of rain here in Texas. And I'm thinking of our friends in California, how badly they need it. We have the governor of Utah saying, can we all... I don't care what your faith is, start praying for rain. You know it's bad in certain parts where certain governors are praying that it start raining, and we're very soon here in Texas praying it stop raining. I haven't got any much flooding, but we'll receive all the rain we can get. We love it, uh, as long as it doesn't flood. But I don't know if you guys knew this, but a couple podcasts ago, was it two weeks ago, we had a thunderstorm roll in overhead, and I got knocked out. We lost internet, we lost computer, we lost power, we lost everything, right in the middle of the podcast, right in the middle of the hot topic segment, just as we were kicking it off. Again, I don't think you guys recognize that, but it's just one of those things. Doing these live, so much fun, but we're so glad to have you as our listener here, and we get to share another exciting podcast. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're delighted to have you here as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. This hot topic is near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking today with Emily Farley, Chief Lending Officer of Atlantic Bay Mortgage. We're going to be talking about the importance of work-life balance in today's remote work environment. i got to know you, but a lot of people are struggling. I wear the lines. I used to leave and go to work, and then I come home, and I'm with my family, and there's good boundaries on that. Now it's all blurred, and how are we doing it? Well, Atlantic Bay has recently been named the best large mortgage company to work for in the nation. So we're thrilled to have Emily Farley come on talking about how they're working through the work-life balance. We'll be doing that in the Hot Topics segment. I want to say a special thank you to our friends over at Industry Syndicate. We're proud to be affiliated with IndustrySyndicate.com. It's a great place for you to pick up and listen to other podcasts that are out there. There's a lot of great podcasts. Thrilled that we've inspired so many to come on and start doing this. I think it was Dave Savage and I were the first ones out there. Dave Savage of Mortgage Coach, my dear, dear friend. And it's great to be out there early with something that has really taken off. Hey, I want to let you know, if there's anyone out there with an underwriter that looking for employment or if you're having to lay one off, I've got a client, Michael DiClemente in Watson Mortgage in Florida and the Jacksonville area that is looking for underwriters. And if you know of anybody, please get a hold of me and or get a hold of Michael DiClemente, president of Watson Mortgage. Also want to give a shout out to Black Knight. They're putting on and hosting the Hedging 101, Benefits of Delivering Loans on a Mandatory Basis. It's a webinar that's going to be on this week, Thursday, June 10th, between 1230 and 1.30. We put a link to this so you can register in our show notes if you did not get the registration. A lot of people, especially loan officers, do not understand the concept of hedging, how that works. They do or some think they do. It doesn't matter. Have-
have everyone dial in and listen to this. The benefits of it, Hedging 101 caught my attention. I know hedging. I've done it. All the companies I've owned have done it. But you know, it's good to get a refresher course. So check out Hedging 101, the benefits of delivering on a mandatory basis webinar that Black Man's putting on. I want to say a special thank you to Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Michael Frattentoni was on in January giving us the economic forecast. Got to get him back on, figure out what's going on with the economics here. But also, when you're at the Mortgage Bankers Association of America website, mba.org, you should get signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Very powerful way of having your voice heard on the Hill. And most of the time, we're in step with the NRA, National Association of Realtors. We need to make sure that we are in step with them. But where we're different, we need to make sure we have our voice heard as well. Also, the Lenders One, great co-op, along with the Mortgage Collaborative. These two co-ops do a great job of allowing you to get up close and personal with your peers, finding out what others are doing to solve the problems of their day. So check out both these cooperatives. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, another association, does a great job helping independent mortgage lenders. Also, Indicom has some solutions for every stage of the mortgage life cycle, including automation, outsourcing, and compliance. I'm kind of fixated right now on the bots that they create. They got some great technology. Check it out. Also, Incelerate. Got Josh's friend teed up to be a guest coming up here in a few weeks. Josh has got a great company that helps with leading edge technology and mortgage expertise for pre-designed campaigns, marketing campaigns, sales campaigns that help the borrower engagement. So check out Incelerate.com and also KnowledgeCoop, which does a great job of helping deliver training through its learning management system, their LMS system. They do a great job. So check out KnowledgeCoop as well as Mobility, MMI, and Modex. So grateful for both of these companies, Ben Turlink at Mobility MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, as well as Dale Larson over at Modex. Both of these companies do a great job of helping you find the right loan officers, selecting them, targeting them, going after them. I keep talking to my clients. How are you sourcing your people? Are you impressed with the upper number or are you impressed with the bottom line number? Find out who's doing business in your market as being really successful. Use these two tools for great ability to market and find the right loan officers and also find the right realtors. So let you check these both out. They'll give you demonstrations by mentioning Lickin' on Lending. So be sure to do that. Really appreciate them. I also want to say a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alan, Alice, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Ramphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob, what you got for us? Hi, I'm Rob Van Ramphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA submitted a comment letter in response to the Conference of State Bank Supervisors Networked Licensing Model. The goal of the proposal is to modernize the nationwide multi-state licensing system. MBA urged a 60-day pause after the modernization approach is implemented to evaluate its effectiveness and repropose the modernization plan for mortgage lenders and MLOs in a manner that addresses industry concerns. Also, according to MBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey, the total number of loans now in forbearance has decreased to 4.18% and an estimated 2.1 million homeowners are currently in forbearance plans. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Appreciate you and your report each week. Thanks for taking time to get that into us. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets and, of course, Les's famous music parody. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Jobs try their best to stay alive, fly like a firework. 
So how does an economic recovery happen from global government lockdowns in response to a viral virus made in China? Promote vaccines. Transfer lots of borrowed money from foreigners and the Federal Reserve to businesses adversely affected and transition customers. But what happens when global corporate taxes rise, regulations grow, transfer payments impede growth, and the U.S. becomes dependent on a dovish Fed? The rate of GDP expansion slows, rates drop, and illusions of victory abound. Joe is riding on Fed rocket ships, and he's champion of the world. These views are my own. If you want to join me on the world, go to tmspotlight.com. There you go. Check it out. Les Parker. You got to get this newsletter. Les Parker's newsletter is called TM Spotlight. It does a great job of bringing you a macro view of the markets and also explains it. I think I've been reading this at least 35 years. Les's newsletter, it's great stuff. And you can get it, the paid version for free if you just put in the word power for power seller. Matt Graham is the CEO, founder of MBS Live. And here he is with this week's market update. I'm liking what you did with the 10 year here, friend. I know we blame you when it goes bad and we Love it when it goes good. So. Yeah, biggest rally in weeks, as they say. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a disclaimer when it comes to talking about the biggest rally in weeks is that the range has been so narrow, pretty much just took us back to levels that we had seen about a week and a half. Let's not minimize it too much. It did erase the last, let's count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven days of weakness leading up to NFT. So a nice little reset for the bond market, but yet again, no major implication about where we go from here. That's not a bad thing when you are operating in a year where rates are supposed to be going higher and higher. And instead we have this extended intermission now in its third month. And this yeah. is about as long as I felt that it was going to be. And at this point, it seems like it could go even longer. So uh, that's just sort of a watch and wait sort of thing. And I'll talk more about it in a moment. So quickly to revisit last week, uh, the first week of any given month tends to have the big data report, right. including the big jobs report on Friday, and then some of the significant reports that tend to precede NFP would be the ISM reports. Those are the purchasing managers indices mm -hmm. or PMIs. And then you have ADP employment on Wednesday, but in this case, it was Thursday due to the holiday shortened week and a couple of other weekly employment-related reports. So the weekly jobless claims were at their lowest level post-pandemic. That was a potential warning sign for labor markets. Challenger, Gray, and Christmas, which is a labor staffing firm, puts out a job cut report. It was at the third lowest level in two decades. Last month's reading was the second lowest level, so really, really strong stuff on other labor market reports. And then ADP employment on Thursday morning came out at 978 versus 650, not in thousands, by the way. So that's a pretty yeah. big beat when we're yep. counting payrolls and when a fair number of market participants look to ADP as some sort of rough indication of how NFP, the big jobs report, might come in a few days later. And yes, I'll be the first person to offer the disclaimer that yeah. ADP can give a big misdirection play for NFP. And in this case, it kind of did because the big jobs report definitely missed the mark coming in at 559K versus a 650 forecast. And while it was better than 
the previous month's reading, it wasn't anywhere near as big as the market was sort of expecting. You saw a few people talking about whisper numbers around 800K. Some of the guys I follow were talking about the risk that the number could be 1 million or higher. And wow. if that was the case, then mm-hmm. it would really accelerate these discussions that some Fed speakers are starting to have about tapering the bond buying program. And it's not necessarily a given because we have other Fed speakers that have said that we're still going to need to see how things happen in the fall when kids go back to school. Right. And hopefully more of the parents that are still taking time off from work because A, they can, and B, their kids are going to be out for the summer. That's when the Fed is expecting to see the rubber really meet the road in terms of what the post-COVID economy is going to look like or even going to start to look like. But One interesting thing and sort of something to really keep our eyes on is there is also more chatter about MBS purchases specifically, and I think with an eye on what's been happening with home prices. We know that inventory has been super tight and demand has been very strong, and logically then with all-time low interest rates, tremendous upward pressure on home prices. And now some Fed speakers are starting to scratch their heads and say, oh, hey, yeah, maybe huh. we are buying too much MBS. Maybe we're juicing the market a bit too much. And if you take away a certain chunk of uh, MBS bond purchases, it's debatable that it would really have a huge effect on home prices over the last 14 months. I personally think home prices probably would have done what they did. To exactly vote, right. Regardless. Even if you had interest rates that were half a percent to a percent higher. And that's really as much of a change as you're talking about when you're talking about taking away MBS purchases. But nonetheless, it would hurt. MBS spreads are low enough that the Fed could reconcile being a little less friendly to MBS, and that would make for a pretty quick adjustment in mortgage rates, even if it's not a massive adjustment in the bigger picture. So anyway, just something to keep an eye on there. As far as the week ahead is concerned, It's very light in terms of economic data. We do have a treasury auction cycle. It's the meteor of the two cycles with the three, 10, and 30-year notes and bonds. And that will really hit its stride on Wednesday with 10-year notes. And that's really the first major market mover on the calendar this week, Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. And one of the only market movers because on Thursday, we just have CPI and jobless claims. Wouldn't really say jobless claims is a huge market mover. CPI will be interesting. It was a very big market mover last month, largely because inflation shot up at a much higher rate than expected. And I think the expectation was 2.3 for core CPI last time, and it ended up coming at 3.0. Now the expectation is for 3.4. If we were to see another beat where the number comes in at, say, 3.8 or higher, causing another sort of knee-jerk reaction where we have inflation fear translating to bond movement. But by and large, markets have done a very good job of believing the Fed and believing the narrative that these types of inflation spikes are transitory. And even if we are left with the somewhat elevated inflation that the Fed is looking for, we're not expecting to remain above 3% in terms of core inflation for very long. It's one thing to have that track record for one month, and it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to see it play out. So very interesting to see how it plays out. Then on Friday, consumer sentiment, got some inflation expectations there. Those haven't really caused a stir and they haven't really moved much, but if they started to move, then that would also help accelerate the Fed's conversation about pulling back accommodation, which could be negative for rates. 
But bottom line here, it is an intermission. Rising rate environment since August, as far as the Treasury market is concerned. And we've been in an intermission ever since March, waiting for a break higher or lower. Still hard to sort of imagine what it would be that would cause rates to break lower, but we're enjoying the sideways trend while it lasts. Yep. Yep. I'm looking also at the NBA Purchase Index. It's a weekly report that comes out, but that continues to drop and drop and drop. So it'll be interesting to see where it comes in this week. If you can continue to work on the tenure and then solve the inventory issues, you'd be a real hero. So I will go build some houses. Gosh, if you could do it in an affordable way with material prices, it's crazy. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah, they are definitely way elevated. It's, it's a result of your part of the country up there in Portland. They can't cut enough trees fast enough for what's going on. Supply chain. Anyway, Matt Graham, <laughs> founder of CEO of MimbiusLive.net. Check him out. And when you're subscribing, put in LOL as a sign-up code, and you'll get an extended trial period. No credit card required of you. Matt, thanks so much for being here, friend. Really appreciate it. You bet, Dave. Let's get over to Alice Alvish. Alice is the CMB Vice President of Education Trading and Union Home Mortgage. This week's legislative update. Alice, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Dave. I hope all our listeners are doing well, too. I've got a few updates for everybody. So House Bill 3008 actually passed. It kind of snuck under the radar before the holidays. And of course, we all got busy with month end and it passed the House. So obviously, that's only one step in the stepping stone. And right now, the Senate doesn't necessarily agree with the House on most things. In this case, it was really interesting to see this go through because this bill just flat out wants to do away with the FHA panel of appraisers and basically says, let's wipe that out and just say simply that an appraiser is qualified to do an FHA appraisal if they are licensed under federal and state guides, just like a Fannie Freddie appraiser would Mm -hmm. be. So essentially do away with the fee panel which would really, in today's day of struggling to get appraisers into the market, there's really a challenge out there in the industry. This would be a good thing. I'm not sure it's on all of our legislators' radar, so it would be up to us as an industry if we really care about this to go send out your voice, see if we can get some progress on this one, because I think this would be a big win. Now, those appraisers would still have to have an education requirement and be familiar with FHA's policy. So they wouldn't change that all the FHA appraisal requirements, those aren't going away. All the minimum property standards and minimum property requirements would still be there. They would just open it up so that more appraisers would be eligible to conduct those appraisals. So we'll be watching this for you. It'll reduce some hurdles. Yeah, but we'll see. But it takes a voice. It takes the industry to speak up to say the benefit to homeowners. The other thing, and Rob kind of alluded to this a little bit, about the need for some type of model framework for licensing Mm -hmm. and actually to also kind of correct that we have COVID requirements that allowed loan officers to not have to be licensed out of a branch that was like a temporary flexibility. And we're seeing that there's some action at each of the states now. Some states are adopting this and saying they're going to be okay. If an LO doesn't have to have a brick and mortar attached to them, other states are going, nope, I'm headed back to brick and mortar. That time frame is over and we want to keep that. So there's a lot of inconsistency and we definitely want to try and see something become more consistent in that realm. So I think what Rob was referencing a little bit is there's this model licensing that's being tested out first for money-based lenders. And Mm -hmm. that's where they were referring to, let's take a 60-day pause, see how that works, because there's a lot of kinks to work out before we start messing with the mortgage industry. So we will keep watching that, see if there's anything else out there to 
help us navigate licensing on a little more consistent basis. And last but not least is the forbearance numbers, right? We've got just a couple of months here before we potentially start seeing all of the borrowers needing to come out of forbearance. So September really starts to look like the main months where we're going to see those two point some odd, maybe 2.1 million homeowners who are in forbearance, what's going to happen to them in servicing? So the COVID relief proposal that was out there from the CFTB, the MBA did comment on that. So did the Urban Institute and 200 other people. So I'll dissect those, Dave, and bring those back next week. But we're coming up on a lot of opinions on what really is going to happen when we have all these borrowers coming out of forbearance. Yep. It'll be real interesting. Is it going to increase the supply of homes on the market um, or is there more plans behind it? Always interested in what the Urban Institute has to say. It's a great think tank. They have some great opinions mm-hmm. and a great yeah, they expertise. Do. They great value to the industry that they bring. So good. Alice, good job of the report. Appreciate it so much. Good to have you be here and hopefully you can stick in because you and I share this topic in the Hot Topic segment when we're talking to Emily Farley, the work-life balance. And that's one that you and I have talked about so much. And you and your husband, Andy, have worked through some of those issues Nancy and I have in our marriage. And it's just a challenge with the family and all that, the demands on all of us. And so we're empty nesters, both of us are. So we don't struggle with it quite so much, but really have a heart for those that really struggle with that one, and especially working at home. So love to have your participation in Hot Topic. Looking forward to it. Ah, for sure. Let's get over to Alan Pollock with this week's tech update. Alan... What you got, my friend? Good to hear your voice. Likewise. Good stuff. So, David, let me get started with this. We've got over 600,000 people tuned in at the exact same time to Apple's WWDC event. It's their worldwide developers conference. They just announced iOS 15, Apple Watch OS, and more things. But here's why it's important, right? Not so much that we care so much about this other than the fact that they just announced a whole bunch of things, revamped notifications on the iPhone, a completely new view and a way to view them. So when we talk about all of our prior podcasts the last couple of weeks and interaction, communication, text messaging with borrowers or members, this is really important because this now streamlines and creates less confusion for all the things that happen on their devices. The second thing, David, get this, Apple just announced that FaceTime will now work across Android and Windows phones and machines. Oh, really? And what's really interesting is because that shot fired off the bow at Zoom, GoToMeeting, Google Meet, all the platforms that we've been using during the pandemic and the ways that people are virtually looking at homes and in real estate, talking about their mortgage with loan officers, everything is now Apple's trying yeah. to really make themselves more agnostic to all platforms. Very cool. Also, As a big Apple user. We all are, right? If you're an Android user listening, someone in your house probably has an Apple. So there are two major platforms out there, and we use (laughs) them. So get this, David, useful tech. Everybody that listens to this podcast wants to go check this out. I promise you. It's called Gated, all right? It's actually, I think it's Gated. I've got the full URL. It's gated.email. And you can no longer have an unsolicited email hit your inbox unless it goes through gated and gated forces them if they want to reach your inbox to make a charitable donation. So I guess your inbox really? gets them, it forwards it over to gated and then gated actually has them make a donation. You can choose between the different places that you're interested in. And then after they've made that donation, they're then sent officially to your inbox to now connect with. Now that's interesting. So check it out. Gated dot email. All right, let's talk mortgage industry, core logic. It's the news of the hour, right? 
They yeah. have now become a private company. Stone Point Capital and Insight Partners, yeah. 80 bucks a share in cash. CoreLogic's common stock has ceased officially trading on the New York Stock Exchange. So about Stone Point Capital, we probably know about them. They own Citus AMC, Arch. There's a bunch of other companies. Actually, they have 16 total years of investment, 25 total companies, 4.4 billion committed capital right now. And then when you look at Insight Partners, they have Simplifile and Sino, by the way, which is a huge consumer lending platform, Simple Nexus, and many others. So a lot of great things to come out of the new cash infusion of CoreLogic, let's say, and the privatization of their company. And they're a great company overall. So super, super yeah. excited. Plus all the partner companies that are part of StonePoint and Insight Partners, right? All of those companies, they start interconnecting best practices integration. They turn data into hub transactions. And so I think what we're going to wind up seeing is more within the different solutions that are part of that, let's call it an ecosystem at this point, right? So very interesting right. to see what's going to happen there. Get this, David. Loan Depot, we all know Mellow Technology. We know Anthony Shea. We know all about Loan Depot. So I'm reading directly from the a post. It says, the subsidiary of Loan Depot, Farm Bureau. So Loan Depot and Farm Bureau launch a new lender. A member-oriented bank serving over 5 million Farm Bureau members have launched what they call Bureau Mortgage, headquartered in Reno, Nevada, hmm. from Bureau Bank, and it's a federally chartered savings bank. So here's why it's such a big deal. One is because the power and the technology of Loan Depot and the bank come together. But more importantly, think about the opportunity, omni-channel lending, the ability to be part of the entire consumer experience of lending and to have mortgage and all of that data together. You may not see and hear about it a lot every day, but that's what's happening. And so anyways, huge news. We talked about Michael Frat and Tony earlier today, MBA yeah. Single Family Research and Economic Showcase of 2021. Write this down, June 23rd to June 24th, it's online. And the whole team, they're all there. They're all presenting all kinds of data, all kinds of analytics, benchmarking, you name it, two-day event, end of this month. And then the last thing, David, is we know Home Captain, right? We've actually talked with our friend Grant Moon. I've actually worked with him in the past. Great, great guy. They're a real estate concierge platform. What they do is they help borrowers in the process of pre-qualification and shopping for the right real estate agent. Overall, they got a really concierge type of process. And Volley, we know them that they're a lending and marketing technology platform. They've got digital engagement platforms. Well, Volley announced today that they have acquired Home Captain. And mm. I think Jerry Albrook is president and CEO of Volley. I've got actually a couple friends that work over there and a very interesting connection. I think they're going to do great and super excited to hear that. Outside of that, nice. I have no other news for today, but if you are looking for a job as a product owner, product manager, a business analyst. And like David mentioned earlier, reach out to us. People are yeah. looking and asking us if we know anybody and we're putting the word out there. So thanks everyone for listening. Looking forward to the hot topic, David. And that's it yes. for today. Hey, last week talked about the uh, Minority Report and AI, and I went and watched that again last night. And it's, of course, a great movie, and it's an older one by Spielberg, and of course, Tom Hanks is in it. But I mean, the artificial intelligence and how this was put forth there, how prophetic that was for what we're beginning to see now. It, that is coming on us, So how you walk to a store and the iris recognition and how it clicks, and then it brings up your database, and you hear this constantly coming mm -hmm. in. Very fascinating. And this is coming on faster and faster. 
So your segment is getting a lot of attention, Mr. Pollock. As far as updates, very important. What could our world in the mortgage industry really look like? Alan Pollock, thanks for being here. Appreciate it so much. Get a hold Thank of you. Alan at Alan at TMS-Advisors.com. It's good to have you with us, listeners. We appreciate you being here. And this ends the weekly mortgage update. Next week, folks, we've got Camelia Martin, Head of Industry and Regulatory Affairs, and Amy Moses, Senior Field Marketing Manager of SnapDocs. SnapDocs has got something going on. I can't wait. I got invited in to get to know them and their company. Very excited to have both Camelia and Amy. And you will not be bored with that interview at all. Camelia's got just an abundance of energy. I never forget when I first met her at one of the conferences. We just hadn't harassed each other. We were laughing so hard. It's just like... Oh my gosh, it's it's just going to be a great interview. You're going to enjoy it. Both she and Amy are going to be wonderful. I want to say a special thank you as we wrap this up to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility, MMI, Modex, MBA, The Knowledge Coop, Lenders One, and Mortgage Collaborative. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. Have a blessed one. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.